0: You are now tuned in to the, the Windy, Windy City, City Benders, Benders podcast.
1: This is WCVP. All right. It's another just in the WCV podcast. It's Jeremy. It's Tanner. What's up, bud? <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Not much, man. You know, just getting excited. We had some preseason hockey, so it's there.
1: Hockey is on TV. Blackhawks hockey is kind of on TV. Well... One game is, and the other you have to watch it kind of illegally, I think. But hey, you could have watched it if you wanted to. Lots going on. We're getting close, so let's just get into it. Blackhawks kicked off their preseason last or well, this past Tuesday against the St. Louis Blues in Chicago. And going into it, what realistically, what was your expectation? Like, where where was your level? Like, what were how are you feeling going into the first pre? I know it's preseason game, so it doesn't matter, but like you have the whole summer of people talk about how shitty this team is and how bad they are. And yeah. And it's just going to be miserable. So like, what was your feeling like kind of going into the first preseason game?
0: Oh, I had no feelings. <laughs> <laughs> Cause it's preseason. Yeah. Like, Nope. Like for the most part, you typically see like, at the home games, a few more of your star players and at the away games, like, less of your, like, big guys. More of, like, the guys trying to crack the lineup. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, cool. <laughs> yeah, cool. Right. So, we got into, hockey. Yeah, That's going into
1: it, it uh, Luke Richardson said that they were going to probably run with uh, a good majority of the the na- the normal squad, what the squad's going to look like, um, and the only – Big names really missing was Reichel and Kershev. Um It was great because we got to see a lot of young defensemen. Groszynski um, was out there. You had uh, Vlasic. You had, uh, was it Del Martero? Del, Del Mastro. Mastro. Del Martero. What the fuck did I get that from? That's my
0: favorite part is when you're just, like, making things up. It's the greatest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know uh-huh. I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs>
1: Oh god, but yeah. So, the so first,
0: first taste of uh the goalie tandem that we got going into the season,
1: Mrazic and Staloc, right? Yeah, yeah. So I know you didn't get to watch the whole game. I actually watched the entire game. I had nothing okay. better on that night. Also, we'll start with the goalie. So, You brought up the goalie. Um, Mrazic didn't look as bad as I like as as anticipated. Um. He let one goal in. It was a tip in power play goal, and I'm actually not a hundred percent sure if I remember if it bounced off Seth Jones because I know it mentions Seth Jones might have might have got a piece of it, but I think it was credit to uh, O'Reilly. Yeah, but it. I mean, other than that, I mean, he wasn't all that bad. He.
0: I'm looking at the highlight. Uh, just to see if you're right about the if it goes off of Jones. Also, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't watch a lot of the game. I only caught a little bit because I just wanted to see some of the new guys that are on the team. Yeah. Um, I didn't really take a look at Mrazek, and now that I'm seeing like this highlight, I don't really like his setup. Oh no, yeah, that was just that was just a straight tip by Riley.
1: Yeah. Okay. Um. So I blame Colby Coleman on that one because I think he kept saying, I think that went off of Jones. I think that went off of Jones. Um. But anyway, he so he had. He faced ten shots and you know just let the one in. Um, what do, what do you don't like about a setup?
0: I just it just I don't like it. I don't like the pads. I just don't think they look good.
1: Oh, you're sure you're talking. I thought you're talking about like setup, possibly like you know how he plays the game or something. No, you're Uh-oh, straight talking. No, no, about no, no,
0: that. no, I'm talking about like his gear. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, gear whore, gear, whore Tanner.
0: I mean, goalie gear is like the coolest shit, man. It's oh, like it is. the most customizable and like. When you can do pretty much anything that you want, and you have a pretty good like color t- like setup, like the Hawks have the one of the greatest colors like schemes because you can go red, black, and white, but they also in the logo have still like blue and yellow and green and like orange. Mm-hmm. Like you can have like little hints of like color that kind of follow along the feathers, and I don't know, like a lot of people just go black, white, and red. So it's all right. But I don't know. I just didn't really like the style.
1: There really hasn't been good pads. I mean, Fleury's was good with a with the the old school like tan.
0: Yeah, that was but, that was also amazing. That's that's the kind of shit you can do as a goalie. Like you could just yeah, you could do whatever you want.
1: I think using the hot using that sh- black. Yeah, using the actual Hawks colors. I don't think there's been really good pads since Darlin. Honestly, every yeah. Corey was basic. The, the shit.
0: ones like I really like the the pads that get where. It was similar to like the, the sock itself. Yeah, it
1: was, yeah, yeah. Um, Staloc so didn't favor much. Uh, any better than Mrazic. He uh nine shots, twelve uh twelve shots, nine saves. He let up two power play goals, uh one even strength goal, and he actually let up another goal that got waved off sides. That and you can't even say that he stopped because of the whistle because it was such a bang bang type of play. And he just did not know what was going on. But in his defense, it's been a while since he's actually played hockey. He was dealing with—he got really sick after COVID, I guess. Uh, oh yeah, COVID, and he—he he was dealing with something. So he was actually even concerned that he was even going to be able to play hockey again. Um, yeah, his last games
0: course. were in in 2020. Yeah, so I'm so, assuming it was like before the shutdown.
1: So it's gonna be—it's gonna be a little bit for him. Oh, he had one game last year with San Jose, right? Yeah. Huh. I think he played in the minors.
0: Oh, you know, I'm just looking at NHL.com right yeah. now, so maybe because they was, were talking,
1: yeah. they were talking about on the on the broadcast that, um, at one point he was like, last year is a, it was essentially not like, don't worry about my numbers, don't worry about anything else. It's just like focus on actually doing it, making sure I'm able to do it, all that kind of stuff. And now he's he's yeah. just excited to to you know actually go out there and try to do a thing, do yeah, the he, thing, and you know help this team out and hopefully it looks like uh, he played
0: played only about 17 games in the NHL last year.
1: Yeah. So he has not seen a lot of action No,
0: I mean, it's all right. Like he, as a career kind of backup, he's been a decently solid goalie. Um, and like, all we really need is somebody that can just kind of play backup and doesn't need to be stealing wins or anything.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Um uh, working the way from the goalie to the defense, uh, there's two takeaways I kind of had from that. One, Korchinski. <sighs> Kids can be fucking good. Holy shit. So. Oh, my God. He already looks so comfortable out there. And I know we kind of talked about it last time where I was like, does he maybe, you know, stick around? And it's like you got to kind of – this is another instance where I'm like, like couldn't he maybe – like, I'm like, no, you got to stop, Zach. Stop. Um, he was interviewed between the first and second period. And he was even saying, he's like, he's like Hey, I'm just here, you know, the, the experience and to absorb as much as possible from, from like Connor Murphy and, you know, and the defensive guys and take as much as I possibly can back to the WHL this year and, you know, put up the best season I possibly can. Um, but this kid, the confidence he has, the amount of times that he was able to just stay strong on the puck carry it out of the defensive zone and, and break it into the offensive zone. Did not look shaky. Did not look nervous at all. There was a couple times on the power play um, where he saw the lane, you know, to sneak in for an opportunity and he just cuts back door and go, uh, goes in. And it's like, Holy shit. Like a kid that young should not have the confidence to be doing that in your first, your first game. I know granted it's preseason, but still, yeah, first NHL. There's action. still
0: NHLers out there. Yeah, I mean it's San not just Lewis. all all rookies and stuff. St.
1: Louis was rolling with like a lot of their big guys too. Um, it was their third preseason game already, so they were rolling. With was them. Really? it really? Yeah,
0: like yeah, they had Saad, kairu right? Like O'Reilly, obviously. Oh, I didn't even know that they signed Highmore, Braden Shen. Like, what? Who else? They had Letty out there, Justin Falk. I mean, Bennington was in net.
1: And I tweeted yeah. I tweeted that out too. I go, maybe preseason, but my urge to punch Biddington in the face is midseason form. They sh- they sh- him right before the game started with putting put his helmet on. I'm like, you fucking asshole. I hate that guy.
0: Yeah, he's a piece of shit.
1: Um but yeah. <laughs> yeah. But on top of that, looking at the defense too, the young guys that were out there, Alask, uh Korschinski. Classic what I say?
0: <laughs> you say like Villas. <laughs> Classic. God damn it. Just like the Just pig, a, I'm excited.
1: I'm excited. I'm excited. Um, Del Mastro. Um, these guys are fucking huge. Our oh, really? Future decor is gonna be so fucking big?
0: How big is Del Mastro?
1: 6'4". Oh, he's six four. He's already
0: two ten. Oh he's yeah. 19 years stuff. old. You see a lot of kids that are like 19 and 6'4, and they're still weighing about a buck seventy. So this yeah. kid, this kid's already his, got some size his, on him.
1: his first shift, he goes out there and he fucking threw. I forgot who it was, but he put him on his ass. And I'm like, yes, let's go. Like our defense is gonna be so big. Uh when this these guys all eventually make it up to the NHL. Um, especially you know, if if Seth Jones is still there, six I'm four sure Seth
0: Jones will still be there.
1: <laughs> yeah. Six four for him, uh, six sits for Velasic. Uh, Korchinski six one, so he'll be the smallest guy.
0: Korchinski's also listed at one eighty five, so being 6'1", 185 at eighteen, like that's like I said, it's a lot of these kids that are coming out of juniors are are usually a little bit underweight. Like when when got what when we drafted Doc six four, he was only like 180, 175. Yeah. like he's a big kid, but he was gonna get tossed around because he just not, doesn't have the weight behind the height. And these and... kids are coming in here with like the weight that they need
1: <laughs> and i kind of wonder too if they if um del mastro put that weight on like re- like this summer because there was still time watching him um belastic the out there they looked kind of like bambi still kind of like trying to figure oh. out how to use it the, the, the they're not they're not, they're not used to it yet. yeah so that's a huge thing right there too that a lot of people want to like you know rush these guys up and it's like that's a huge factor like these are still kids. They're still growing right. into their bodies. They got to learn to play at the, the high level with the size that they're, they're getting essentially kind of overnight.
0: Right. Plus, I mean, like I was saying, like a couple of times already, like you get a lot of the guys that are in junior and they are underweight. So like these guys that are at like a good weight and size right now, like if they're tossing those guys around in junior, like they're probably getting penalties called on them. Whereas like, they make it to the show everybody's got like a lot of muscle and mass on them and then they're going to be not used to that kind of play when the guy's actually coming back at them yeah so they are going to have to i mean it's going to be good because they're not going to be on the, the team to start but like they'll they'll have plenty of time to kind of like get used to it
1: yeah <laughs> um let's see now, oh, there's some more takeaways I had from this game. Uh, the penalty kill we we're talking um, was not good. Blue scored three of their four goals on the power play. Not going to put too much into this one here. Um, it's still early. Luke Richardson still probably put in his system in place. Two of the goals of those goals were deflection. Um, if anything, they, you know, they got some good tape. It's uh, kind of like to show kind of like, hey, this is the breakdown. Here's what we need to do and improve. There's all that uh speaking of overall play the aggression i love the aggression from the team that the team showed they we you, you mentioned earlier like when luke first got hired that he said that this team is going to be tough to play against like yeah. teams They're are going to be a hit. pain in the ass yeah and you're seeing that take take place a lot of times you know we're so used to the the hawks kind of you know backing off you know not going to corners at least not going to the corners hard you know protective they were, they were guys were going in they were throwing their body around they were getting in the face of St. Louis they were making their presence known and that's that right there is a huge step up from what this team has done the past couple of years and the fact that they're already buying into this mindset from him uh it's it's fantastic yeah um also with with that too them buying into it it was probably the best Let's see. I don't want to say this. Like the best kind of like setup system hockey. Like you can tell that there's been a system put in place for how they want to approach each, each zone. And the players are actually doing that where okay. the past couple of years has kind of seemed like it was kind of like chickens with their heads cut off running around in the zones. Not really kind of, you know, rat hockey almost type of situation.
0: Right. It was mainly just like, get the puck to Kane. Right, And when it's he's good. not on the ice, keep it out of our net and get off the ice.
1: <laughs> yeah, and so it's like it's very early. It's still a little bit, you know, got to figure it out. But, you know, there is some systems being played there. Um, the last couple of things I'll talk about really quick uh, was I really did like the Kane, Dome, Anthony, the CU line. Um, Dome, I still ha- didn't show much in that first game. Um, I think he kind of was like the afterthought of that line. I thought Anthony, CU. And Kane played fantastic together. They had a couple two on ones together. Um, dude, end of the is fucking fast.
0: Yeah, he, he's the little bit that I did catch. I was like, oh, he beat he beat an icing. Yeah, <laughs> it's he- like of course, it's like great. I'm really excited to see that happen all this year. But he's it's he's gonna he's- remind me a lot of uh, oh my god, what was his name? Stahlberg?
1: I literally okay, that's literally. <laughs> hey, he's very much Stahlberg, though. He's got the speed, but he really struggles on the finish. And, okay. and that's the thing too. There's a couple times where it's like he yeah, had the two on one with Kane and he was going so fast that Kane gets the puck back to him and he's either a too close to the net where he can't shoot it or he can't get it back to Kane because he's just yeah. boom, boom, boom. Rodriguez Three from speed. Ducks. Speed. Yeah, Rodriguez yeah. <laughs> from ducks, like Just boom. Um, but yeah, so that was that was nice. Um Kane or Taze looked pretty good. He he looks like he's kind of you know feeling feeling better, feeling himself a little bit. I liked Radish out there. I I really think he can potentially be like a Hagel-esque player that can. Oh, yeah. After that trade, he
0: came in and filled that Hagel role nicely. Yeah,
1: and he's going to be great. Tyler Johnson, I I hope they don't stick with him up on that first line or that line, Taze line. I think he is going to be better in that 1C situation uh, or, sorry, 3C situation. Um, I just I don't think he has really what it is to be like a top six right now. I don't know if he's still I'm kind
0: surprised of... he doesn't center Kane's line.
1: They had more uh Dome there.
0: Yeah, but yeah. I can see like if things get swapped around, like he'll probably end up being with Kaner at some point.
1: I mean we but can talk so about it, yeah, we'll talk about it too like when uh we get to the Hawks episode. But too, yeah. yeah, remember after
0: you, a few more preseason
1: games. Hey, you also gotta remember too. This is this was the lineup without Kershaw, but they didn't have Reichel. And those are two guys mm-hmm. that are being penciled in by a lot of people as potential top six players. So um, there's gonna be a lot of different combinations out there that um, are gonna be interesting to see. But yeah, other than that, Hawks fall four to one. Um, overall, minus the power, the the power play goals they gave up. I didn't hate what I saw, like what I was watching. If if that's how they play this season where they keep it close they don't get blown out and if they do get blown out it's because of special teams I'm totally fine with that I I I just
0: hoping it's not like last year where almost every game in the first five minutes it can be either a good game or completely lost because the first five minutes of like at least in the first 11 games last year really decided a lot of the, the losses there because they would give up multiple goals yeah and and then it's just like i don't want to watch the rest of this game so as long as like they stick with it and like still show that they they're fighting hard even if there is like even if Randall Riley does score that power play goal like two minutes into the game like nothing happens after that they shut it down and one the one guy you were saying that like might steal a spot on the team cole gutman he gets a goal yeah, he was in that goal. He was just standing right in front of the net. It's just like, all right, good. If you want to stand in front of the net, take a beating, put the puck in the net, you'll definitely have a spot on the team.
1: Like, <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. Just be competitive. That's all we ask. It's like we're yeah. not expecting a sneaky Stanley Cup run. It's just, just no. make it worthwhile, make it entertaining, show that you guys are learning and and developing and buying into whatever Luke Richardson is 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 trying to build into this team. Like, yeah. that's that's all that matters at this point. Um, they played very next night against Detroit in Detroit. Um, it wasn't on TV. I, in
0: Chicago. It
1: wasn't in Chicago.
0: It was on TV in Detroit, I think. Oh, was it? Oh, yeah. yeah. So I
1: guess you could have watched ESPN Plus, but I'm not paying for ESPN Plus. I'm sorry. Um, but this was a much better game, I guess. I don't know. Just based on the score, the Hawks beat the Red Wings 4-2. So it's always nice to beat Detroit, especially in Detroit. Mm-hmm. Uh, future 40 goal scorer the season uh dylan sakura scores 11 seconds into the game sure so that's pretty cool yep exactly um, what you said
0: <laughs> yeah they especially since they had larkin playing and they had uh cider playing too they had nadelkovic at the start i believe
1: they had raymond i think going to Luke, lucas raymond was in the lineup too i think so i mean they had Adito, uh, yes he was guys. yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Was like hey they're being competitive against these teams that are are so, are hands down gonna be better than, the, than them and that's that's all you can really ask for it was nice to see too um cara got a goal it was great yes. to see him back in the lineup especially after last year it was a very scary situation with the with the truba hit and then he came back and then he got hurt again and was just shut down in early mid January mm-hmm. um but I think the highlight for this was the glimpse into the future yeah <laughs> when Chinsky sends a fucking beautiful past. It was, like, from... What was it? Back from, like the, from the goal line? From like, the,
0: no, it was, like, top of the circles, like, blue line-ish, I thought. And it was just between the D, Lucas Reichel just catches it between, like, all a whole bunch of guys, like, entering the zone. And just, like, five holes him.
1: God. I am so excited for this. Like
0: Yeah. When shit like that happens, and... I think it, it was against let's see. Yeah, top of the circles, about the blue line ish. And he just kind of floats it into an area where he's gonna be. And he just goes five hole on Adelkovich. It's like, hey, there's so many chill guys out there, man. Like yeah. these guys are holding their own.
1: <laughs> I think it's Reichel just saying, Hey, put me. I'm I'm here. I'm I'm staying. I'm not going back to Rockford. Cancel that bus yeah. pass. I'm done. Um yeah. but yeah, it's Again, it's preseason hockey. It's hard to judge a lot, especially when it's not the normal guys. But the the, the one thing you got to take into consideration too is, besides the top six, you don't know who is going to be on this team and and really how they're going to fill yeah. it out. So it's which is cool actually, yeah. Because, so, because it's like
0: this is this is when preseason really matters for a team like this, like uh, and like the Stanley Cup winning teams. Like you kind of knew. Going into the season, who's going to be on the team? Yeah, there may be one surprise, but like, right now it's like, yeah, man, like, we're a team. You want to play, play hard.
1: <laughs> up. Yeah, exactly. Um, moving on to that. Speaking of like, you know, who wants to play? We talked about uh Jake McCabe. He had the spinal surgery. Um, it was announced that he was going to be out ten to twelve weeks. Uh, once training camp started, he actually was talking to the media a little bit, and he actually confer- he confirmed the timeline, but he clarified it saying that the 10 to 12 weeks was from the time of him having the surgery, which at the time he was speaking, which I think it was Wednesday or Thursday of last week. It was right before we recorded or after we recorded, so it was probably Thursday or Friday, Friday, after we recorded Thursday, no, sorry, yeah. um, that it was six weeks. It's been six weeks since the surgery, so now you're about seven weeks Post post surgery, so you're looking at possibly three, three to five weeks for McKay to come back. So I mean, that's kind of that's very great to hear. First off, that he's farther down, like farther removed from surgery than we initially thought. Um, so you're probably looking at the end of October, early November for him to return to the lineup. Which hey, it's great get him out there.
0: Yeah, don't rush it. Take your time completely
1: fine yeah keep not going anywhere Uh, yeah no 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 literally
0: like try and make it back like too soon like you want to your career to keep going a little bit longer like just let it be 100 percent. (laughs) yeah
1: um and then the last thing we have for hot stock here at least on my list is the nhl stanley awards which apparently these have been going on for a while oh really i, I had no idea yeah because it was the first year no because they're listening like oh this is the third time toronto's won or like people have won kind of thing uh oh, wow it's just various different things like it was like best social media team or best social media or uh, best pr- like promotion season ticket renewals stuff uh game game presentation the hawks were actually nominated one um what was the act do you have it handy
0: yeah best social impact um slash growth initiatives.
1: And they that's were what they,
0: they were nominated, but LA won.
1: And it was Pittsburgh was the third team, right?
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. So it's cool. Yeah. I mean, it's cool being recognized for for what they're doing off the ice, especially with the the native Native Americans. And I mean, that's just not all what they do, but that's probably the biggest one that they're they're doing right now. Yes. Um, and as expected, the comment section on that post was just a literal shit show clusterfuck of people not knowing what the hell they don't know anything they don't
0: really know anything about what the hawks do outside of the big news that they hear about last year and like they don't know that like every game that the hawks have at home starts with like a recognition of like indigenous people and like there's a whole presentation every time
1: yeah it's so well done it's so cool
0: and then they also then how much they give back to like those kind of communities too and it's just like oh yeah like that's nobody knows that so they just see like the hawks were nominated for a social impact and then they're like oh wow like how stupid is that it's like all right don't look into it just yeah. you know
1: tell me you're uneducated but- without telling me you're uneducated <laughs> boom Ign- ignorant <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that was interesting um What were some of the other winners? Vegas won, I think, for in-game presentation. Best presentation, yeah, yeah. that's a no-brainer right there. As much as you hate, gotta hate Vegas. I mean, it's a show. Yeah,
0: it's easy enough. Um, Best marketing campaign was the Devils. uh, Social media club of the year was Toronto, which I don't know how like Carolina,
1: yeah, like
0: Nashville, like, but I don't. Maybe they're really good social media in Canada.
1: I saw one comment on that was like, oh, so you're basically awarding um CSN and TSN for a yeah. social media award.
0: Best sponsorship activation, Pittsburgh. I don't even know what that means. Yeah. <laughs> Best ticketing initiative, Philly. Let's see.
1: Best... Uh, yeah
0: so like even the social social media club of the year it says recognizes overall excellence by a club's social media team including maximizing the team's official social media channels to engage existing fans and capture the attention of new fans with outstanding creativity consistency and proven instinct to innovate within the nhl
1: okay. know, all right sure. <laughs> you said some words there
0: <laughs> yeah the best sponsorship activation says recognizes a creative and or successful partnership campaign platform or promotion executed in junction in conjunction with one or more club sponsors so they yeah cool they did some sort of advertising thing with the sponsorship great i just it's weird that they don't like they should they say who the winner is but they don't say like the reason behind them winning
1: what they actually yeah like
0: what like what did they do that like fit the description of this ward
1: yeah because I would say besides Vegas I think it's hard like I I don't know right like it's like
0: like Vegas you can see like you watch a home Vegas game and it's like oh shit like they're putting on a Vegas show before the game (laughs) they also have a DJ and it's like a rave (laughs)
1: like like, a DJ now yeah
0: It's not the same though. Yeah,
1: but all right. Uh, you got anything else for hot talk? No. All right, so let's move That's on. To NH- yeah, let's move on to NHL talk. Yeah, um, quickly. Before- let's hit. Let's
0: hit this quickly before we hit
1: the yeah. Pacific. Yeah, we hit the Pacific specifically this episode. Uh, a <laughs> couple signings. Uh, let's see real quick. Rasmus Sandin signed a two-year, one point four million dollar deal with Toronto.
0: Undervalued undervalue yeah that's what I, i've i been seeing like not I mean, not, ex- not exactly fair value for him but like he's just excited to play hockey
1: it's hard yeah, and it's ha- kind of hard to do that too when you're also already above the cap and you got to figure it out um yep. so he kind of had a kind of had to take the hit um spencer knight signs a three-year 4.5 million dollar uh, extension which yeah. is very funny to me 14 million dollars fourteen and a half million and a half million dollars in goaltending for florida yeah man God, what, what were they doing signing Bob that long?
0: <laughs> uh they were doing their best. Yeah. <laughs>
1: but yeah, I mean he's still I mean Spencer Knight's only 21 years old, I believe, still. So I mean that's still to be determined yes. really what is gonna turn out to him. I mean I mean
0: the the deal makes sense. Like now you have both goalies locked up until the end of the 25-26 season. So that's kind of like, all right, we have our back end for this, the next four seasons, like giving us the best shot to make it further.
1: Yeah. Well, friend of the show who covers the Florida Panthers, Matt Ross, um, actually saying that he's not fully bought into Spencer Knight. He's, he's really nervous that they brought him up too quickly and that he's going to have the Carter Hart situation going. And I think it's very valid. And
0: well, I can just kind of just, Say it's not going to be entirely Carter Hart's situation because Philly sucks, that's that's <laughs> Florida true. doesn't yeah, like that's really he's true. gonna have help. And like Carter Hart also doesn't have Bob. That's like true. who does Carter Hart have, like to either learn from or actually just be the one A yeah, if he's no. gonna end up being a one B? Like Carter Hart was brought up and it was made the guy, yeah, he was fair. the one. And like Spencer Knight, it can still be just like the backup.
1: It's very fair.
0: Right? Like, yeah. he's, it's not on, all on his shoulders. That's the whole different situation with Carter Hart. I understand, like, the, the ages make sense, but yeah. you're not expecting Spencer Knight to go out there and play 50 plus games this year.
1: All right, Rossi. So if you're listening, I hope that helps you jump up. <laughs> I hope full that makes you, that makes back you off the feel a little, little bit, bit
0: better. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, and the last signing that's kind of worth talking about um, is Andrew Peakey.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's just, The other, like, not minor league signing. Yeah, I I don't know if it's peaky or peak, but I would assume it's peak. But, yeah, it's just one of the defensemen in Columbus, just one of their young guys. Um,
1: And then, real quick, the people who are still not signed. There's three restricted free agents still out there. Uh, Jason Robertson of Dallas, uh, Nicholas. Haig. I knew that's what I was going to say, too, but I'm like, I know this is going to be something completely off. Hogway. (laughs) <laughs> Hogway. Hoogie. Hoogie. Um uh, and Alex, you can take it away. Orminton. Orminton. See, I I gotta start trusting myself a little bit more. Yeah, man. All That's three all right. are still restricted free agents. All three do not have contracts. Um, Haig, I know there's been discussion that they are not even close. Um uh, yeah. They also
0: have no cap.
1: No cap. They are over over ten ten million over.
0: But like um, I don't so I don't understand when does IR kick in because they're gonna have like Nolan Patrick on IR and then they already have Shea Weber and Robin
1: Laner on IR. I think it's when the fish offic- the season officially starts.
0: So like do you have to wait till the season starts to hope well, then that'll be under the cap
1: for them? I think so. You have to be under the cap by the start of the season. So I don't that's like I wish. I wish I knew we knew the caps, like, how the cap works, like, in more detail. Right. Because it's, like, we know the stuff that they say, like, oh, well, you know, this team's got to be under the cap. You can be 10% over until this time period, blah, 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 and all that kind of stuff. But it's, like, what they don't tell you is how exactly do you you do that? Because, obviously, yeah, you got to – man, have to trade a guy or something like that. But it's, like, all these teams are able to, like, move players around, and you just hope – just send a bunch of guys to the minors that are can't be claimed and get under the cap and then just call them back up. I don't know. It makes no, yeah. Like it just, it makes no sense.
0: Cause like, yeah. Like for like long-term injury reserve, we have Shea Weber and, and Laner, and like they're 12 million altogether. And currently they're 10 million over the cap. Does like, does that count currently? Or is that like day one of like the season like even Montreal is like ten million over the cap, but they're not going to have like Carrie Price. I'm sure they have probably other injuries too. but it, I don't know how it works exactly when it comes to like first day of the season,
1: yeah. i I would love to get a cap expert on the team. Or on the on the podcast for an episode yeah. and kind of learn that and advanced stats guy. I would love to have another advanced stats guy come on and try to explain more detail some of the stuff. Uh last couple things, injuries. Um injury, the one injury that kind of is a big deal that kind of came out is John Tavares is gonna be out for the start of the season for Toronto because an oblique injury they're estimated three weeks. Um, so that is going to be uh very interesting. That's gonna affect the team very much. But hey, Mr.
0: oh, Also, cause we were talking about the RFAs, Nick Robertson or Jason Robertson. Um, I don't know if you saw this, but Kevin Week said that uh he can't see a, a deal below like eight point four for Robertson. And I think the stars only have like six million in cash space
1: right now. Yeah, under seven. Yeah. At what point though do you just sign the one year deal just to get it going so you get out there? Unless uh, do you do you sacrifice some of the season while you wait to get under cap situation? Like do they have injuries that they if guys that are going to go LTIR?
0: Um, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. But like also, if you're Dallas, like you're just not going to have like one of your best players out there. Exactly. Because... That's what
1: I'm saying. Like what. Like, what are you waiting for? Like, how are you not? Ad-
0: Anton is on IR. That's the only guy they have on IR right now.
1: And that's three million. So that'll put them at like nine million.
0: Yeah. But like, why don't you just move someone?
1: It's the old saying you can't lose a season or you can't win a season in the first week, but you can sure as hell lose it. Yeah. And you're going to really. Especially in a tough central division, which I think the central division might be one of the most improved this year. Like you're gonna you're gonna take the chance, of not having one of your top players for an extended period of time because you can't find a way to make it the cap work.
0: Buffalo Sabres should just fucking offer shoot them. Eight mil, seven years, eight million. Yeah. Oh.
1: Um, last thing before we get into this division preview, uh, a couple head scratcher of comments have been came came out. Uh, oh yeah, funny enough, both from Toronto. Uh, first,
0: uh, that's social uh, media.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, Sheldon Keith said that the team is working with the idea of using Mitch Marner in a defensive position. <laughs> okay. Um. Yeah.
0: Makes sense though if it's end of the game situation. And you need a goal.
1: But then Dice kind of brought up a good point. Like, why do you need to take reps for that? Like, what's the difference of just, you know, going the same mindset of pulling your goalie? Yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah, it makes... it.
0: It, Maybe it's like you're desperate and you really need a W and you start the third period with him on the blue line.
1: You're just so done with your defensive unit that you're just like fuck you guys we're gonna put a, def- a forward out here yeah to do your job because we're, you- we're gonna
0: put marner and net actually and we're gonna set him up with a knuckle puck like keenan thompson
1: and d2 with matt murray and net you might need to i mean it might might be the play honestly the goalie's the shooter Get the do. goalie. <laughs> uh the other head scratching um didn't directly come from Toronto, but it involves Toronto. Um, Elliot Freeman on Thirty Two Pod <laughs> 32 Thoughts Podcast. The Leafs will factor Connor McDavid into their long-term cap plans. Oilers should be wary of the Leafs, especially in the cap situation they are currently in. Leafs are going to go in all out pursuit of Connor McDavid. Now, here's where this is just fucking batshit crazy to me. And it was kind of like being talked about in our group chat a little bit about it. They're in the same cap situation. They both have cap hell. Noli brought up to the point saying that, okay, well, Toronto is going to be in a different situation in a couple years. Caps going mm-hmm. up, you know, guys off the books. Okay, cool. You know who else is going to be in a different cap situation? Edmonton. Guys are coming off the books. Caps going up. They'll be able to resign him. Like what is? Like, how does that even make sense? Like, like, ah.
0: Well, here's the thing. So (laughs) when McDavid's deal is up, the guys that are current, that would still have deals going on are Darnell Nurse, Zach Hyman, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, and Jack Campbell. But the year, the contract year that McDavid would be in is the same season that uh dry would need a new deal so you potentially have i mean if dry makes like if the cap goes up dry is going to make like 12.5 13 million right yeah you're going to have zach hyman at 5.5 nugent hopkins at 5.125 and you're going to have jack campbell at five and darnell nurse at 9.25 so those all factored in, plus you need the a full rest of your fucking team, and I'm sure they're gonna want to hold on to some of their young guys that they have, like Kyler Yamamoto. Maybe they get rid of Jesse Pulujarvi eventually.
1: Um, they've been trying to, and just doesn't seem to work, or they don't want to. I can't remember. Well, I don't know which is. Here's,
0: which. The, here's the other thing: Are you just gonna not sign guys until McDavid's deal comes well, around? Right, yeah, like saying, you're still it, pushing for a cup now. So they could end up being in a completely shit cap situation by the time McDavid needs a deal. But Whereas if, Toronto doesn't have anybody signed like over four years from now.
1: But here's, here's, except what
0: for uh, Morgan Riley.
1: Here's what I, I wonder. And like, I'm kind of what I confused me about this. It's like, so is Toronto just going to be like, ah, oh, Austin. Yeah. you You want this money. But fingers crossed, McDavid's gonna be available. So it's like we can't like what like oh no, you
0: go Matthews and McDavid. Okay, so
1: Marner, w- Nylander, like you like yeah, you gonna potentially ruin like lose guys.
0: Well, that's that the that's the factor, weird part, right?
1: Like that can factor into this team at yeah. the off chance that McDavid hits the open market and is willing. This
0: to- is this is would be like the funniest part about it is that they set their cap situation up so that like. By the time McDavid's contract year comes around, they have maximized their amount of cap space that they can have, but also prior prioritize probably like Austin Matthews and maybe Mitch Marner, I would assume, and then they set it up so that they can offer like eighteen million or some shit like that because the cap will hopefully be at like a hundred mil. And yeah, so here you. And go. then right when it's like January first or whatever, and then you can resign. Edmonton just re-signed him, <laughs> just like, all right, never mind. We just completely fucking opened up eighteen million to get like Connor McDavid, but like, I don't so know. There, it's puck, fucking puck report,
1: puck report actually put something out too. We'll do this really quick and then we'll switch over because you know, this is already going kind of on. Um, they put out like a quarter of multiple sources, angel teams are giving some guidance on where the cap could go over the next few seasons. Um, so yeah. keep in mind, McDavid's last season of his contract is 25-26. Yes. Next season, they're anticipating – or no, that's this season. Okay, so next season, they're anticipating 83.5, so it goes up a million. Following season, they're projecting potentially between 87.5 and and 88 million. So that's a nice little bump compared to what's been going on the last couple of years. Yeah. By the 25-26 season, McDavid's last season under contract, it's going up to approximately 92 million. Yes. So you're potentially looking at another 4 to 5 million – the following season, based just based on the numbers that they're given theres you could say pay four to five million it's gonna go up. So you're looking at potentially ninety seven million dollars when Connor McDavid hit the open market. Yeah, dude, that's gonna be fucking awesome. I cannot wait and they like, I, I just a pump of stupid money get thrown out again. Stupid money and just like let's let contract let bad contracts so we'll just see teams get totally fucked because they have the money to do it. And say, thank god that stands on our GM anymore when that happens. Yeah, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> but, all right. Enough of that. Let's get into specific preview. Specific preview. Um, so let's start. We'll let's just like we're doing so far. We'll start at uh, at the top and work our way down. And ironically enough, the team at the top of the division last year is probably the most interesting team of the offseason. Talk about an emotional roller coaster if you were a Calgary Flames fan going from almost being, you know, being considered cup contenders last season to losing Johnny Goudreau to hearing Matthew Kachuk it's not going to resign with us. It's over. Going, oh my God, is this going to be it for Calgary? Rebuild already? All this kind of stuff. To turning Matthew Kachuk into Huberto, Uyghur. Then you bring in Nassim Kadri. To, yeah, yeah. uh to about <laughs> <too. laughs> how so has there ever been an off season like calgary where you go from cup contender to you'll be lucky to to sniff playoff contention back to cup contender in one off season has that ever happened in a,
0: in a couple of weeks yeah so like
1: probably like a month
0: yeah it was they they were the joke of the off season and then all of a sudden it was the calgary just win the off season
1: <laughs> right yeah they So they also last year they finished 50-21-11 for 111 points, won the division. Uh, the big standout for them last season was Markstrom. I think he played absolutely out of oh, yeah. fucking mind um, last year. So I think that also goes into the season as probably one of their biggest questions too is, is Markstrom going to have that consistency? Is he going to be able to, to put up the same type of season as he did last year? And honestly, overall, I think he could. I mean, the team – they didn't get worse. They didn't get better. I feel like they kinda stay in par, no?
0: I like I think they're returning basically the same defense plus Uyghur, aren't they?
1: That's huge. Yeah. Uh
0: I'm trying to see what their defense was last year. Like their leading score last year for defense was Rasmus Anderson, who still on the team. I didn't realize he had 50 points. Holy shit. Four goals, 46 assists. Uh, Noah Hannafin, Oliver Shillington, Chris Tanev, Nikita Zadorov, Michael Stone, Good Branson, who went to Columbus with Johnny Goudreau, but that's not a huge miss when you're bringing in Mackenzie Weeger. Like, right. And then Yusuf Valamaki.
1: Oh my he's god, way. I forgot too. They got Sonny Milano right now on Yeah, a, he's on a PTO. Which is yeah. bananas to me.
0: Yeah. What, what else? They did some signings this offseason. Um... Or like getting some guys re-signed, basically, is what I mean. The one big thing that like happened offseason that I still think is hilarious is the eight-year deal for uh Huberto. But I mean, that's gonna bite in the ass in the future, so whatever. That's future. Um, boring. that's yeah, that's future Calgary's problems. They signed Dennis Gilbert. There you go. Um, I uh, I Michael Stone in
1: a uh, PTO again. I feel like that guy just. Is just always connected to Calgary. I feel like they, they trade him, they get rid of him, they bring him back in, they buy him <laughs> out, they bring him back.
0: Yeah, I mean, fucking the team's gonna be good. I'm surprised that Nazim Kadri... they picked up Nazam Kadri out of nowhere because it was at that time it was all talks of Islanders getting him.
1: Yeah. And of course Lou just I still so, <laughs> I we said we up when he signed originally, but like there was one of the funniest thing was Lou Lamorello is just out there running, destroying his office, looking for the contract that he thought Nasim Kadri already signed.
0: <laughs> like this is this is what they're. I forgot they had, they picked up Tyler Toffoli too last year. Um, their uh, current depth chart on cap friendly is Huberto Lindholm and Toffoli as Ooh. their first line, and that's kind of nasty. And then Mangiapane, Kadri and Blake Coleman as their second line. Ooh. Bill Dube, Michael Backlund, and Trevor Trevor Lewis on their third line. I'm surprised they don't have somebody else playing that, third, that right wing. Um, Then Lucic, Kevin Rooney, and Brett Ritchie. <laughs> oh That's a big fucking fourth line. That's 6'2", 6'3", yeah. and 6'4". <laughs> like, Jesus Christ.
1: And they only play Edmonton three times this year. Jeez. That sucks.
0: Hannifin... Jonathan... And Rasmus Anderson is their first line right now. And then Uyghur and Tanev. That's a really good pairing, I think. Because oh, yeah. Chris Tanev is super underrated as a defensive defenseman. And then Shillington and Zdorov. Damn. Yeah, I think they're going to be pretty goddamn good.
1: Not bad. I think, yeah, I think that that team... No, I'm convinced. I'm, I'll say right now, will we tell our play, sure. I think they win the division again. Yeah. So... And it, and it helps, too, that this division really kind of didn't do much. Yeah. It, so, of,
0: like, they had the most activity of any team in this division to really kind of just be about the same.
1: <laughs> right. Um, yeah, speaking of the battle of Alberta, that brings us over to Edmonton. And they finished last year 49-27-6 for 104 points. More or less, is just going to be more or less the same. I mean, they have Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. I mean, the only way that things go south for them is if both of them somehow suffer season-ending injuries.
0: Right? Yeah, no, absolutely. Like, it's some sort of... I mean, that's what happened in the playoffs, though, is, like, Dreisaitl played injured because they... Otherwise, they would have gotten smoked. (laughs) And they still got swept by Colorado because they were just so much better than them. Um, but Edmonton didn't do a ton, but they definitely improved they, because their biggest area of weakness was goaltending. Yes. And they went out and got Jack Campbell instead of deciding to sign Mike Smith again.
1: Well, he's already con- under contract. He yeah, I know,
0: but he's like retired, isn't he?
1: Yeah, he failed his physical. So, whatever you want to I call mean, that. Um, it the resetting. other thing
0: too is they're gonna have a full season of Evander Kane, more than likely a full season unless he gets suspended. Um, of Evander Kane, and I mean, when we saw what he could do in the playoffs with McDavid, like he was able to do that for a good majority of the season. Like he might be fucking hitting fifty goals, man.
1: <laughs> like I mean, if he if he just fucking just smartens up, puts his head down, and just focuses on hockey, like.
0: There's he's a no, good hockey player. There's no denying. He's, he's a, a good fucking, fucking hockey leader.
1: player, yeah, He's man. a great <laughs> hockey player. He's just a shit piece of shit human being. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but speaking of that, too, piece of shit human being. Allegedly, because technically wasn't found guilty. He was cleared of all charges. They have uh, Jake for 10 in on a PTOD mm-hmm. as well. Um, and that was another funny thing. They're like, they're wondering, they're like, what's higher their salary cap problems or their legal fees? for their for their players. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I'm looking at this. They really didn't bring anybody in. Um,
0: yeah, it's it's basically Jack Campbell. They brought in Matias Janmark.
1: I was going to say, I couldn't remember if he was there at the end no, of the season. He no, was in, in Toronto, right, at the end of the season last year?
0: Oh, maybe. Actually, I think you're right. Did not did Vegas trade him to Toronto? I think so. No, he didn't. No, 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 no. I don't know. It just shows he
1: doesn't have any stats as Toronto. He just, it just shows Vegas. No. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Who did Toronto sign oh. somebody this offseason that was a former Hawk? Can- no, not a former Hawk. What are you talking about? Oh my God, this is going to bug the shit out of me. Who did Toronto sign?
0: Toronto signs. What are you talking about? Toronto they just signed somebody
1: some in and then I just associated. <laughs> hold on. I'm pulling up. Give me one second. I'm so confused uh, on who you're who you're thinking of, Yarn Croc. For some reason, I consider like the kind of like the name I don't know.
0: Oh, Yanmark and Yarn Croc,
1: kind of like just whatever.
0: Okay, yeah, Moving okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of, like they signed Ryan Murray. He was on Colorado last year. They, I mean, they're basically returning the same team. They just don't have Duncan Keith or like Mike Smith. Um.
1: Addition by subtraction, there,
0: <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Yeah, it's they're gonna still be good, but they're still gonna be heavily relying on McDavid and Dry Yeah, so like you said, if anything happens to them, that team's screwed, right? Um, yeah, probably the- I I'm curious if they're still gonna try and move the RV pool party.
1: Yeah, I feel like yeah. I is it so. Is it he doesn't want to be an Edmonton, or Edmonton doesn't want him and they just can't make it work? Like a move work. I like I feel like there's some one part of that situation does not want to be there. And I just don't remember I, if
0: it's it was Pool Yarvi and then he came back and then it's Edmonton. I don't fucking really know. <laughs> no. I don't think he I think he's kind of like he's a decent player, but 98 points in two hundred, about 260 games, and he was drafted fourth overall. I don't know if, like, drafted a little too high. I don't know. They're going to be about the same. I think they, they'll they probably win some games they ended up losing last year just for the reason that they have Jack Campbell instead of right. Mike Smith. Yeah. Like, Jesus Christ. Those playoff games, when when Mike Smith let up a goal from the far blue line, I was like, "What is fucking happening in this game? <laughs> yeah, what is? What are these teams like? Why is every game a shootout? Like, right. Big David would score like five fucking points, and they would lose six to five. Like, are you kidding me? It's it was. If you watch baseball at all, it's kind of like Edmonton reminds me of like the Los Angeles Angels. You have two of the best players in the league,
1: but they can't. On a do team
0: it. that can't fucking do it."
1: Right, <laughs> like the, win eight,
0: win. the eight, I think I've like re- over the summer, I remember hearing like a few stats a couple times where like Shohei Otani and like Mike Trout have like tremendous games and hit like four RBIs each, and they lose like 11 to 8 yeah. <laughs> It's just like <laughs> what the fuck is this? Yeah. Like, are you kidding me? Like, that's the type of shit Edmonton is. Edmonton is the Los Angeles Angels of the fucking NHL.
1: Oh, that's actually a very good comparison. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, all right, let's move on to probably the biggest surprise of this division last season. Um, the LA Kings, yeah, bud. I think we all both kind of talked about last season. Um, in the preview, we were like, you know, it wouldn't be surprising if they they snuck into a playoff spot, but you just don't, we both felt that they weren't there yet. Yeah, well, they snuck into a playoff spot, they finished last year 44 27, 11 for 99 points um let's see real quick looking again at who they kind of added and
0: they got kevin fiala that was the big that was the big addition this offseason yeah because minnesota's cap situation is so fucked um and they weren't going to be able to sign kevin fiala because he was due for a deal uh yeah they ended up trading him and i want to let me see let me pull up the trade again it was Kevin Fiala for Brock Faber in a first round pick oh, in gosh. this, in this, in the draft that just happened. Right. So they got 19th overall and then Brock Faber, who was on team USA for uh, world juniors and played for university of Minnesota. Um, second round pick in 2020 for them. I think he's like a D I I've heard of him before this too, I think he's like just probably a solid college prospect for that LA had. But I mean, Kevin Fial had a fantastic season last year.
1: I mean, he got a ticket too, right? Like it was yeah. like a seven year He um, had
0: 85 points in 82 games last year, 33 assi- 33 goals and 52 assists. Like that's so solid. And actually it's a that's a pretty decent deal for a point per game players. Seven point eight seven five.
1: Yeah, I mean that's a great pickup by LA. And I think I don't okay, so where do you where do you think they where do you think they stand right now?
0: Um I Name still I think better. they push for a playoff spot. I think that they push better for a playoff spot this year because of that addition. I mean, Philip Deneau was a huge offseason move that they had last year that like didn't nobody really saw it pay off as much because I don't think anybody really paid attention to LA besides LA fans. And I mean the, the LA fans are also only paying attention to probably basketball and then the Rams last year anyway. Yeah. Um
1: bias, man, You're like you know, the Midwest and the East Coast, you don't get coverage on those on those West Coast teams as, as much. Yeah.
0: Oh god, yeah. And then when the playoffs rolled around and you saw Philip Deneau basically shut down Connor McDavid. They were just like, oh shit! Like that was an amazing pickup. So, like, yeah, I think we all started to see that. Um, what else did they do? Like, I'm
1: very interested to see a full season with a uh, Byfield.
0: Yeah, he. I mean, he was what second, third overall that year. He was uh, second overall in 2020.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, they knew he was more of a project. He got 10 points in 40 games last year: five goals, five assists, but it's the size he's six four two fifteen yeah the size and like the the raw talent that he apparently has like is it gonna is it gonna explode this year or is it just gonna be like a full year of kind of like all right watch this kid like just get gradually better
1: i wonder if uh plays a factor in this team at all this year
0: Oh yes, that's the other guy that I want to. I don't know when does Turkot break the lineup.
1: He played eight games last year.
0: Victor Arvidsson, I forgot he was there. They still have a buyout for Dion Phaneuf. Woof, and they're still taking a penalty for Mike Richards for the next like six years.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. Yeah. What's What's Turkot been up to? That's another guy we could have drafted. He had 18 points in 27 games in, in the AHL last year. Well, so, I don't know. I feel like maybe he's got another AHL season in it. Like, because this team, like, where would he fit in? Right. Like, it's it's not, it's
1: like, it's not no need to rush him, especially. I mean, he's only 21 years old. He's a smaller guy. So it's like, you kind of don't want to force him on the bottom, a bottom six line, you know? Right grouping it's like he kind of is the type of player that i think he needs to be top six type of guy i mean yeah like let him let say? him
0: just let him shine in the ahl yeah because and he's he's a center isn't he
1: yes
0: like your your centers right now are anze Kopitar, philip deno quitting byfield and then you're not going to put him on the fourth line right yeah no like are you going to try and fit him on the wing like That's gonna look like it's gonna be a pretty fun first line: Anze Kopitar, Adrian Kempe, and Kevin Fiala. Like, yeah, that's. Did you know Kempe had thirty-five goals last year?
1: Oh, nope. <laughs> didn't know. Uh, Denault had fifty-one points.
0: Yeah, he's solid, dude. Um, what was it? Drew Doughty was hurt for a lot of last year too. He only played thirty-nine games, so I wonder if he'll have like a, a good impact on this team. Yeah, they have like a bunch of young, bunch of young guys too. See what happens. I think that they're gonna be. I think the other thing that might bite them in the ass a bit is if Cal Peterson still is not ready to be the starter like they are originally planning, and they're still having to rely on Jonathan Quick, they might not get the exact same kind of season that they got of him last year. He had he had a pretty decent season, and he was supposed to be like the one B, and he had to be the starter again. That's fair. But, yeah. I mean, should be pretty decent. Um, The Pacific, I think, is, like, not super competitive compared to the previous two divisions in the East. I So, think- like, that's <laughs> why, like, if you're kind of slacking in a few areas, you still have a chance at making the playoffs. The only, like, yeah, this the team only- kind of limped in at the end,
1: you know? It's like after... Edmonton and Calgary, you know, you got that one playoff spot. I, I think five teams are coming out of the central. Okay. Yeah. Uh, um. So it's like, you gotta, I mean, you really got to go hard for that third, that third position. And it's like, you got to still remember, I mean, teams are going to talk about two. Yeah. That might not be the most competitive, might be the most great, but when you're only, when you're vying for that third spot, I mean it's really anybody game. There's one team in this division that I I, I truly think is a non well two. Uh eh, maybe three. Fuck. I keep looking at this, but <laughs> um one playoff spot essentially, and there's three teams I think that have a true chance for yeah. it. and they
0: three teams that can basically that are basically gonna fall between three and five, yeah. like pretty easily. And but they they can fight for it. <laughs>
1: And I think a big factor too is what you're getting out of the team that missed the playoffs for the first time in franchise history. Um, the Vegas, oh, Knights, who are 43, 31, and eight for ninety four points last year, um, rant. It's I don't even know where to start with this team. Vegas
0: <laughs> tried to Tampa themselves into the playoffs. They had, that's it's, what they tried to do. They yeah. they tried to use the LTIR in order to just kind of ride some guys into playoffs and have a full squad that would be cup contenders and yet they didn't realize Mm -hmm. like the guys that you're you are trying to ride during the regular season need to be good enough to have your team make the playoffs (laughs) (laughs) like like who was injured it was it was like everybody was hurt Everyone was hurt that had a significant amount of cap, and they had like rotated injured players in and out.
1: Where you just needed one guy to score a fucking shootout goal at the end of the season. Yeah, how do you go over seventeen in a row,
0: and your playoff dreams are relying on a fucking shootout? And not only were you like close in those shootouts still because your goalie only let in three fucking goals. Now, Logan
1: Thompson stood on his fucking head. You I remember because we were at the me? we were at the Vegas game and or the Chicago Vegas game that they were officially eliminated, and I'm like <laughs> everything like it went like it went pretty deep into the shootout and like you could just tell it's like this goal like Thompson is trying to yeah. will this team into the playoffs and keep them in it and nobody just wants to score.
0: As, it was great too that the fact that the two situations that could eliminate them from the playoffs happened within minutes of each other.
1: Exactly, it oh was
0: like God. somebody somebody won. And then they ended up losing in the in the shootout, like it with like two minutes later.
1: I think it was something with Dallas and Nashville yeah. And I think or, Dallas
0: and yeah. I think Dallas won
1: because Dallas it was ninety-four. Or April. it was it just like they
0: needed a point. Somebody needed a point. I don't know, but it was pretty fucking funny. What? Vegas though, so, man. Every off season. They're like, hey, we should just get rid of somebody for nothing.
1: Right. <laughs> Last year, Marc-Andre Fleury. This year, Max Pacioretty, who they traded a shit ton to get in the first place. And now it's just, hey. Yeah. Can
0: you imagine that kind of asset management where you go and fucking pick up a bunch of draft picks and get players in the expansion draft? You, oh my God, like how does it even work? They went and got Thomas Tatar for like, a f- like two seconds and a third or some shit I think like that
1: first i think it was a first second and third
0: yeah like a first second and third and he barely played in the t- on the lineup you trade Tatar to the um montreal for patch plus like nick suzuki and then you have patch for what a couple seasons and then you fucking let him go for good old future considerations yeah uh... like holy shit like, <laughs> I want to pull up, like, Vegas's trades and see how many are just future considerations. Oh, my God. I uh, swear. It's, swear. I, guess, I guess it's only that one because it wasn't really future considerations for the flurry trade as much as it was just, here's a guy from the ECHL.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm trying to find that fire trade. Let me see that one really quick.
0: Oh, the – um. yeah, here. Let's see. Just – Okay, so
1: oh no, that's when they traded Tatar. Um great podcasting. I know. Sorry guys. Yeah. They traded so they traded a 2018 first round pick, 2019 second round pick, and a 2021 third round pick.
0: Yeah.
1: For Thomas Tatar. And then that means they traded Thomas Tatar and Nick Suzuki. And a twenty twenty uh twenty nineteen second round pick for Matt's Pacharetti. So you traded off a player who is now the captain of the Montreal Canadiens
0: mm-hmm.
1: for a guy that you said, eh, just just take him. Yeah. Do you think? That, don't do, you have think cap. do you think when the news came out that Pacharetti is going to be out for a good chunk of the season because of an Achilles injury, they're just like, fuck, like you couldn't do this, like. A couple months earlier, like... They would have been
0: trying to do the same shit that they had last year with just, like, the fucking injury, like, carousel.
1: And here's the worst thing that they did to me this (laughs) offseason. They are forcing me to watch them because they brought in Phil Kessel. Yep. So now I got to watch Phil Kessel play from fucking Vegas. Eventually, going to have to buy a Vegas Phil Kessel jersey. But... Yeah. The motivation, I guess, the plan for a team that has a chance to potentially make the playoffs has really lit a fire under Phil's ass because he looks fucking great. Yeah, like he lost true. a lot of weight. Um, I he's playing with Eichel in the preseason right now. He had a, has got an assist already. He's got a little pep Ooh, in his step. I didn't
0: even think about Eichel and Kessel together.
1: And he might put up twenty plus goals.
0: Yeah, that's true. I forgot that another thing they did the off season was they traded away of Kenny and off again. <laughs> For Shea Weber.
1: Yeah, this time it went through.
0: Yeah, this time. Yeah, essentially, you're
1: trading another another player for nothing. Shea Weber's not playing hockey again.
0: Yeah, that was that's. I mean, that's the most valuable trade though was for the LTIR.
1: Exactly, but still, it's like and the the
0: cap space, like at least that one, like they were able to get. Like, uh, I don't know how the LTIR works. Like we said before, but. It was another cap dump fucking situation.
1: What is the same situation though? It's like you're trading a player that is able to play. You that like, had a good season. That had actually only, a really only, good yeah. Season. The only difference is there's no future like there's the future considerations versus you get a player that's never gonna play. Okay, so yeah, you're getting cap relief regardless.
0: Yeah, you're wasn't it like play. Like the day he or the game after the trade was voided, he scored the game winner. <laughs> get 43 points in 78 games last year. I just, like, Vegas. I fucking – this is – it's so stupid. I just don't get it. Like, like, I would never want to fucking play for Vegas. No. Like, there's no, like, loyalty behind anybody. Like, as soon as Jack Eichel, like, doesn't do enough, like, probably this season they're going to try and trade him. Which is and it's probably be gonna be hard.
1: for nothing. And it's gonna be very <laughs> hard to because now it's like Eichel's kind of getting that reputation, reputation of being a, a cancer locker room cancer. Um, you still don't know how he's truly gonna come back from that that sticks replacement or like you know that surgery he did, because it's still he's still one of the few people that done it, did it. So you're still trying to learn what the effects are on that. It's gonna be really hard to move him. Um and yeah. you don't have the cap space to eat some of his cap to make it happen. Um, the last thing I'll say about them too is their goalie situation is just fucked. Um, oh Robin yeah, Lander, Robin Laner's out for the entire season. Um, you're putting a lot of eggs into Logan Thompson's basket. He's they come
0: brought up. in Aiden Hill though too. Ooh
1: yeah, wow, let's go. Um,
0: he didn't have a bad season, I thought in um San Jose. He was like decent. He played 25 games, had two two point six six goals against the average and a nine oh six save percentage. I mean. San Jose wasn't very good last year, so yeah. it's it's not too shabby. I mean, they are also probably gonna. It looks right now they have three goalies, and Laurent Brassat's the other one. Yeah. Um. So, just like Vegas's first season in the NHL, where everybody was getting hurt and they were rotating through goalies, I think they went up to like five goalies or some shit like that. Like, I'm sure everybody's gonna get time.
1: Yeah. So we'll see. Um.
0: Nolan Patrick's out for the whole season already. We already know that.
1: Better or worse, stay the same. I'm just going to only because of Phil. I'm going to say they got better just because Phil, the thrill, the Holy Mackinac.
0: Yeah, they got worse. (laughs) Like, Phil is going to be great. I'm glad they got Phil Castle. Like, it's exciting because, like, the team will be pushing for a playoff spot, but that's, like, we said, because the division's not super strong, like, besides the top two. Um, but you traded patch ready for nothing and you traded and up any dad,
1: not for nothing. Got worse. Easily got worse. But.
0: Yeah. And you're not going to have your starting goalie lot like Robin Lehner. Like, uh eh. also, I don't really even think Lehner is that great. So, but, it, but it's a hell of a still more right? of an established yeah. starter than what they are going to be rolling with. Um, They still haven't signed Nick Hague, which we talked about. Uh, like I don't know. Shea Theodore is sick. Tarangelo I mean, they got good
1: guys. I mean, yeah, the, the guys that they do have are great. It's just they don't have the money to get those complimentary pieces and and the little things that they actually need. I think goaltending is going to be is going to fuck them and. I, I think they have enough good guys, but I still don't think this team's good enough to where they're in a situation where it's, hey, it doesn't matter who's in net, We're going to roll with it. You know, like, because we'll, we'll be that, we're that good that it doesn't matter who's in net. I still think that, I bet you they end up, I bet you just going to be the same situation that they missed the playoffs by a couple points and it's going to, and this time you can't blame on the goal, or you can blame on the goal attending, I think.
0: Just looking at like, where they ended up as players, like points wise last year, it looks like so led the team with sixty six. Actually, I think Patch already led the team, but he's not on, the, on there anymore. So
1: yeah, he was the he was the point uh, leading point getter.
0: Yeah, so. I mean, is it you're starting to see the guys that like made a name for themselves on the team at the expansion draft aren't putting up those points because like now there's a, a fuller team around them, but fucking. Oh, Mark Stone only played thirty-seven games last year.
1: Yeah, he was out for a while. Oof.
0: Yeah, I mean that's also kind of a, a huge addition. Then he was the a guy. He
1: was like a he was the the Kuchar off of them. Like he got hurt, and then they were that's, just
0: like, that's right. So that's what part of the injury carousel that was going on because Jack Eichel came in. He didn't start right away because he was still on IR, and then Mark Stone I think got injured like right when Eichel came in. They Eichel played thirty-four games, and Mark Stone played thirty-seven. Like if you if they get a full season, yeah, they're gonna be better. But they still didn't get better. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, hundred percent. They as a team did not get better, but they're going to end up being better because they'll have more games from their star guys. And hopefully, Phil allegedly, Kessel just allegedly keeps allegedly going. He means what? Seven to tie, seventeen to seven to
1: tie, eight to break it, and then it's like eighteen or a thousand or, or nineteen.
0: Or I think. Yeah. It's nine eighty nine is the record. Yes. So he's at
1: nine eighty two. needs yeah. So he needs seven to tie it, eight to break 18, it, eighteen to a thousand. Yeah. That's I cool. Think, that's I hope,
0: what. It, that's that's something I'm looking forward to.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. Um. All right. The last team that in the, like the the group of five that have a realistic shot of making the playoffs is Vancouver. Um. Last year they finished forty thirty twelve for ninety two points. Um. Again, this is another team that. I'm kind of running real quick through their list, and they didn't add much to their team. Um, I mean, they brought in Colin Delia and Wyatt uh, Kalnuk, both guys. You know that I wish one one I wish would have panned out a little bit more here, Colin Delia, I could care less. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, the the big thing for them was they were able to lock down J T Miller long term. Um, they were able to get. Uh, Bozer, Besser, uh, Besser re-signed two for three-year extension, but he's also going to be missing some time. I think he, um, just got reported that he got hurt and he's, he had hand surgery, surgery on Monday. So he'll be out three to four weeks, not the worst in the world, but still, again, kind of talking about, you know, Jason Robertson situation, different situation, but it's like, Hey, you're missing a a key player to start the season when when it's most, especially in this division where you need as many points as you could possibly get for that last spot.
0: Yep. This team was making a, pu- a push for the playoffs too, like right at the end of the season. Yeah, they were right um I think they were there. still like feeling the little hangover at the beginning of the season too, from like their end of the shortened season where they played what, like oh, 20 shit, games um, yeah. in 25 g- days or some shit like that.
1: Yeah.
0: Some ridiculous number. Um, I don't know. Like, it's pretty huge that they, I I still think it's so funny that J T Miller ends up just signing a, a massive extension with them rather than them trading him after the, all of that fucking well, uh, yeah, rumors
1: uh, everything was talked about
0: yeah it's so funny um yeah I mean they're gonna I think they'll still be good I I what I wonder it's kind of my whole thoughts are relying on if Elias Patterson. Just has a monster year again. Yeah, I don't like, know why he seemed like it was so quiet last year, but he was still like sixty-eight points in eighty games. i oh they, that's the other thing. Is Thatcher Demko going to be like the guy and yeah. like and like so solid this year? He played pretty decent last year, but like he doesn't have Halak to back him up this year.
1: No, who's their backup right now? Uh,
0: right who's now it's listed weird? as Spencer Martin, which I don't even know. No. He's played nine games in the NHL. And so...
1: That's not good. That's that's scary. If you're a Canucks fan, that's that's got to be a little bit worrisome there. Hey,
0: like we like we said with the way that this uh <laughs> this division is, when trade deadline comes around, and the Hawks have I don't know, and maybe Staylock plays pretty good as a backup this year, and they want to um a more solid backup, you know. They
1: could take a deal. That's hilarious too that Delia isn't listed as a backup on that team. Yes, we were
0: just talking. You were just, talk- you were just yeah. talking about that too. So that's why I was like, I was like, wait, what? Yeah, Colin Delia is still has so being in the minors. That is oh, a- they still have Michael DiPietro too, I think is like one of their big uh, goaltending prospects. Yeah. Maybe he makes makes a run for it a little bit this year but if they don't have like a solidified backup. Yeah, I'm surprised this that Calgary's not this listed is very... on like the on the NHL team either. But I guess they have a few more like well-established guys. Like, I mean, Quinn Hughes is is insanely good. I feel like he hasn't had as much buzz about him since his like rookie season, but he still put up 68 points in 76 games last year. I think the other thing that kind of um puts Quinn Hughes like not as talked about is because of adam fox and kale mccarr being basically the same age and just like winning norris trophies <laughs> like, yeah. oh yeah and then there's quinn hughes who's also really fucking good just not kill mccarr and adam fox Again, and like i think you said before it's the east coast, West coast bias. east coast yeah. bias yeah yeah um but yeah man they have like all the tools to be like really good JT Miller fucking one point away from 100 last year. Like, who would have fucking thought?
1: Who would have thought? Not me. That's for sure. Not me.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I think that they, they have the ability to definitely surprise um, and maybe be a more solid three than Vegas. But it's really dependent on if Thatcher Demko is just going to be, like, the guy.
1: And also a huge – I think one of the biggest storylines for this team going into the season is kind of like how long until they pulled the trigger on possibly moving Bo Horvat. Horvet? Horvat, oh, Yeah. Uh, so, like, that's another thing too. Like, at one point he was closer to an extension than JT Miller, and then all of a sudden oop, Miller signs, and now it's like, okay, well, he might be – Horvet might have to leave now.
0: Yeah. Or you move something else, you know? Yeah. Like, if they're not in a playoff spot by, like, the trade deadline, like, maybe they are looking to move some other, some other guys. You know, I don't know. Like, Tanner Peterson's making 3.25. He's 30. Fucking even Ilya Mikheov, if if you like, just because you signed him in this offseason doesn't mean he has to be, like, a huge piece.
1: Yeah. He
0: does have a modified no-trade clause, though, so that sucks. Oh, I think Connor Garland's somebody that they would probably end up trying to move. Like, he had an okay season.
1: Oh, he was listed. Yeah, he was listed too. The thing that hurts them them though is it's a four, he's got after the season three years left at just under five million, which that's rough. That is rough. That was one of those, that was the OEL deal, wasn't it? Yeah,
0: OEL OEL still has five years, including this season. And he didn't really have uh, a stellar year last year either. They're also still stuck with Tyler Myers for another season after this, but they might be able to move him. He might he's be. Just got a, he's just got a ten-team no-trade list that he would have to do if they wanted to move him. Yeah. I don't know. They 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 could be pretty decent though, because they're still their biggest talent is very young still. That's what I think. Yeah. Um.
1: All right, so we're going low. Oh, wait,
0: and they have that Kuzmenko guy. Sorry. Um, they have that Andre Kuzmenko guy who they signed from the KHL, who's like
1: supposed to be good.
0: Yeah, fifty-three points in forty-five games last year. He's what 25-ish or something like that. 26. So they might they might be a little surprising.
1: Yeah. Um, so since we're going a little bit long here, um, and the la- the bottom half of this division really there's not much to talk about because there's not I, I personally don't think that there's any like expect- expectations for those guys. Um, I think
0: Seattle's gonna be a lot better than they were last. Yeah, year, it's gonna
1: right? be a lot better. Yeah. So real quick, last season it finished San Jose was six with 32, 37, 13, 77, and nine, thirty one, thirty seven, fourteen, seventy six, 31, 37, 14, 76, which is disappointing because they started out really hot. Um, and they were kind of surprising a lot of people And Seattle, obviously 27, 49, six or 60 points. Um, not surprised there because of the way that they started their expansion draft and the players, they did it. Um, I just, San Jose is very interesting to me just because of um, the new GM Greer. I'm very curious mm-hmm. to see how he builds this team. Um, he's kind of has the same situation as Kyle Davidson. He kind of has to tear it down a lot, not a lot, but he has to tear it down to kind of build it back up.
0: He's screwed with some cap situations, yeah. like having Eric Carlson for five more years and Ed, Mark Edward Vlasic for four. And the team's not pushing for playoffs or they're not really looking at it. You still have Logan Couture for another five seasons. Um, I mean, those would, those are guys that you would want to move for assets, but you're not going to be able to. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's kind of, I would, I, I don't know, maybe they, they move Timo Meyer this year. That would be like, their. he's in his last year of his deal. He's only 25 and that's kind of like the, the, the brinket situation, you know, like, yeah, it's your biggest asset that you have that you could get the most back for. Do you want to move them? Absolutely not. But would it make sense because you're looking forward to like building for the future? Yeah.
1: Yeah. And they not going to be able to move Carlson. He also said he's not going to ask for a trade. He's committed to this team. So.
0: Oh shit too. It's even more like fucking. Debrinkit, because Timo Meyer is going to be an RFA when his deal ends. He's also making six this year, which is what Debrinkit was. Yeah. Debrinkit's due for nine for his qualifying offer. Timo Meyer's due for 10. Oh, shit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, so his base unless,
0: salary this year is 10 mil.
1: Unless you can move another piece and you have a fast track for the rebuild, I mean, you almost have to. I mean, that might yeah. be your – your. Uh, hopefully, it gets a little bit more money – or not more money, more – Kevin LeBron
0: could be a guy that they moved, to. He had – he's the one that took less money after they, they showed up Vegas in the playoffs that one year money on LeBanc. But I mean, yeah, this team's not going to do much.
1: Then you have Anaheim. Um, again, I don't think they're going to be a factor. I think that they're starting to tread a little bit more to the right. I think there's, you're starting made... to see, you're starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel for, for them a little bit. I think you're starting to have a potential. That they can be competitive. Um, I think you're about to say they brought in Ryan Strom.
0: Yep, they brought in Ryan Strom and Klingberg. That's true. All they made moves to be better.
1: I also though think Klingberg's a one year. Yeah, he's one year and he's going to be kind of a a deadline flip. I think. I think Klingberg. Oh yeah. Yeah, that was just the oh fuck. I need to go. Yeah, but
0: I mean, he still makes them better. Like they're going to be. So they're not going to be like such a basement like bottom team. I still Um,
1: I just don't think they're going to be fighting for that third spot.
0: They have a they have some pretty good, like, they have a good setup for, like, when the trade deadline comes around and if they're not in the playoff spot because, like, Klingberg will be a good asset to flip. Kevin Shattenkirk would be a good asset to flip still. Yep. Um, Dmitry Kulikov, I'm sure some team would want to fill out, like, their bottom six on the defensive end. Like, that's what is so funny to me. Like, I feel like every trade deadline Anaheim's got defensemen to just get rid of. Yeah. <laughs> and they always just end up working it out that way. Um, I don't know if they'd be able to get rid of Henrique at all, but like him and Silverberg only have two years left.
1: I mean, they have the cap space too, that they could eat it, or eat a little bit of money there. I mean, they still have. yeah, Oh yeah. 16 and a half in space. So they can. It's,
0: it's a young team too, for the most part, like what they're building forward, which is why I still don't understand how they just, they just didn't sign Sonny Milano.
1: I I don't understand that one. But
0: maybe it was just like the highlights that made me think that him and Zegris had a lot going on together.
1: But I still and, think Colonel's good. Like I don't think he's a bad player. Like that makes zero sense. And the,
0: plus they still had John Gibson. And they there was always that the talk of like, hey, you could get the most for that guy right now. Yeah. Which would not surprise me if eventually Pirano ends up getting over some shit.
1: Yeah. I'm just, I'm excited to watch uh, Zegers again. I'm excited yeah. to see. McCann. Oh,
0: speaking of Zegers, you got laid the fuck out. Oh, yeah, he did. <laughs> I
1: didn't oh think it was a bad God. hit until I saw no. the elbow come up though. I don't know if that oh, was like after impact or what, but I mean, he got fucking hit though.
0: Yeah. Either way, I think Anaheim is one of those teams that's going to be like fun to watch. Just because of Zegris, like, he just does the, the craziest shit. But, like, they also just have, like, good
1: Kavish, guys. savage too, is going to be.
0: Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Now, he's I Mason he McTavish should be playing this year. Yeah. I'm, I'm assuming he would be playing this year. Like, he looked really he good in the fucking, fucking World so. Juniors. Oh, yeah. I don't, I, I don't see it, like, why he would be. Unless, I mean, it's similar to the Hawks, though. Like, if you don't want him to play, like, he doesn't have to. Like, what line would he be on?
1: Yeah. Um, all right, then last but not least, Seattle. Um, general consensus is they are gonna be better than last, last year. Um, I still oh, think yeah. they're trying to find their identity a little bit. Um, but the huge, huge thing is they now have their young players to build around and chain right, um, just magically falling down to them at four. And then yeah. also um
0: Maddie Beneers
1: is, yeah.
0: is, is is gonna be looked at. And then they, they went out and they signed Andre Burakovsky, who just won a Stanley Cup. And then they got yep. Oliver Bjorkstrand, who I honestly have always just thought of those two guys as basically the same player. Same person.
1: Yeah. <laughs> like you,
0: can you imagine? Like you, you're left, or they're both left wings and right wings. That's what they're listed at. They can play either side. You have two lines with basically the exact same player.
1: Both playing, they're both 27. <laughs> one's making 5.5, 5, one's making 5.4. Yeah. Um, so like, they're... <laughs> Uh 51
0: points, 57 points. <laughs> I just both 20 plus goal scorers. Like
1: I just feel hilarious. like Seattle is Thanos of the NHL just collecting goalies too.
0: Yeah, they I mean, are. <laughs> like,
1: Grubauer, Dry uh Dreiger, uh Martin Jones. Um, don't they have more guys too?
0: Magnus Halberg, um In, and uh, Joey DeCord. Yeah,
1: like when they keep like, yeah, hey, we signed we signed uh, Martin Jones, it's like, oh, did you move another was, goalie? Yeah. Did so you start, good, did yeah. you did you move one of those other guys? No, no. Okay. <laughs>
0: did they sign Michael Kempney in the offseason? season? Or yeah, they did. Um, what else? They have. Yeah, I mean, I think that they're gonna be a good team this year. It's fuck. Definitely Dude, wait, it Manny Beniers played ten games. At yeah. the end of the season last year?
1: Yeah. And he had nine points. Michigan, because Michigan got knocked, bounced out earlier. Yeah,
0: I didn't know that he had nine points in ten games, though. That's fucking insane. He's, he's going to be good. Yo, that's going to be, yeah, Calder Trophy. Watch out.
1: And you got Shane Wright, who's got a fucking chip on his shoulder. So. Yeah,
0: he's not even listed on their uh, depth chart right now. Really? Yeah, Shane Wright's not. Yeah. Like, he's... Hmm, but this is also just on cap friendly. So Oh let's, yeah. Let's see where is he? Oh there he is. I would assume he plays, but I mean, he doesn't have to. Like they don't have to play him. I would just like but you know, if he was like one of the most NHL ready prospects. He put up 94 points in 63 games in, in the fucking OHL last year. Like And that him was playing the... in the OHL is not going to fucking and do was, anything for And that was that was
1: his... that they said he was phoning it in because he just had that he p- believed he had that first overall pick locked. Yeah. And he'll put up 90 fucking four. Points. I
0: wouldn't, I would definitely have him on this fucking team. 100%. But, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure he's going to be on the team. Whether, I don't know where he fits in currently, but I'm, he's, I'm, he would be better than Alexander Wenberg. He's probably better than Yanni Gord. But I don't know. It's going to be exciting. I kind of want to watch some of these games just because this team is so, like, young and man that's exciting
1: (laughs) all right um so real quick who's your playoff teams from from this division
0: oh calgary edmonton and uh i got i think i'm gonna have to say vegas just because of the addition of having like full seasons of eichel and stone unless like you know like they get fucking hurt again like they're gonna be screwed like this team can't win without their big fucking guys
1: makes sense yeah i i, I agree that's why i have down too. um but i will also say that i i think if the fourth team is to come out of this division strong look at at la i think that they're gonna be build... you pick seattle i'm, not, last I'm year. not
0: kidding i'm not kidding i think seattle might might surprise some people just because i i get really this this lineup kind of excites me a bit I don't know why, but... You feel funny. (laughs) I think it's just because of the young talent with Veneers and and Shane Wright being added and then Burakovsky and Bjorkstrand. Like, they're going to have the the firepower on offense, I think. It's just, are they going to be able to keep the puck out of the net? All
1: right, well, you got anything else? Nah. All right, so episode 193, Pacific Preview 2022. Uh, Make sure to follow us on social media at WCB Podcast. Like us on Facebook, The Windy City Bender Podcast. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. Five-star reviews on both. Uh, Yeah, uh, we'll see you on the next one.
0: All right. Love you, boys. Bye. The Windy City Bender's Podcast. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. And follow the boys on socials at
1: WCB Podcast.